Hello and welcome to the Ben Cotton Podcast, a brief encouragement for your Wednesday morning. And this is episode 24. I'm Ben Cotton and today we're going to look at um, some things I kind of wish I'd had more time to talk about when I was preaching through the book of James. We just finished that up at the church and it took about nine weeks and I always end up kind of thinking back in my head over the whole series thing and I always end up thinking of things that I wish I could have maybe said differently or more often things I could have talked about more in depth that it just wasn't time to do. Um, people have attention spans. Um, and so uh, I'm just going to pick out a couple of things this week and next week that whether you've read the book of James or not, I think you'll get something out of. And so so this week, I just want to think about the idea just of relationships and how important they are when f- for those who are in exile. And I'll explain what I mean by that. In the book of James, the context, um, starting right there at the beginning of the book, he makes it really clear in the first couple of verses, is that he's speaking to these uh, Jewish believers in his congregation there in Jerusalem. The temple had just been destroyed. Uh, and when I say destroyed, I mean utterly, completely destroyed. In the process, uh, many thousands of Jewish people had been slaughtered, and Rome had done the slaughtering. The consequence of that was that many people were sort of scattered to the four winds. And James is writing to these scattered um, believers in what we would call the diaspora, right? They're scattered. So he's writing to people who many of them, probably for the first time in their lives, maybe even for generations, were not living with believing neighbors who believed what they believed and worshipped the God they worshipped or worshipped at all, um, all of a sudden they're thrust into not just an age of persecution, but an age of exile, cultural, and in their case, ethnic exile, where they are now surrounded by people who believe vastly differently from they, what they do. And the consequence of that is... James is, seems to be really concerned with um, their cultural, moral compromise, compromise in the way they behave and the way they relate to one another. <clears throat> and so this is, you know, uh, there's a clear parallel here to, to us in this age. But, and I know we have to be careful, right, when we start talking about persecution and being an American. Uh, because I have not had my home and my family destroyed uh, because of my faith. Uh, I am not personally persecuted, and I don't think really anybody in America, at least right now in 2018, can claim that title when there are other believers in other places in the world right now that are clearly persecuted on the same level as what these people were in James's day. So all that being said, I think that we are all, if you're a Christian, you are an exile. You are a spiritual exile. You are an alien here. We don't belong, right? Heaven is our home. Isn't that what we always say? Now, we're starting to feel that more in the United States, um, more than we used to. If anyone that claims that we are a quote-unquote Christian nation, I think has got their head in the sand at this point. But I, I wouldn't say we're persecuted. But exiles, yes. The idea of living amongst people 
that do not believe what you believe, do not worship who you worship, is very familiar to us. In our day, it's expressed differently. We don't have the violence that's associated with um, this kind of exile in other places in the world. We do certainly experience it. My neighbors uh, on Sunday morning, for as one example, when I'm heading to church, they're sleeping in, right? I'm not judging people because they don't go to church. I'm just saying we're living in very different worlds. My priorities are very different from theirs. And that's just the very tip of the um, the iceberg. Uh, when you dive deeper into worldview and other things, we're vastly different. Just my immediate neighbors. And I'm sure you experience the same thing. Right now, it seems like that cultural exile is most acutely felt, I think, at the headwaters of our culture. Um, like with movies, television, music. Uh, what music gets made, what music doesn't get, get made. Certainly politics, people who are making public policy, um, uh, big business, people uh, at the helm with large corporations. There, there's certainly a, a tremendous, um, not, uh, not just unchristian, but anti-Christ attitude coming from those places in our culture. Even if it's not coming from your neighbor, it's coming from the headwaters of your culture. And that stuff trickles down. To us, and so from that perspective, James has an awful lot to say. I think one of the things that's more of a theme throughout the book, instead of just out of one verse, is this idea that kinship between people. I love that word kinship. Um, it's similar to family. Uh, we're not related by blood, but we're related by the spirit. We have a kinship. Together, we are like a spiritual family. That kinship matters more to exiles than it does at any other time. When your entire city is made up of believers who believe what you believe, and you can assume that the person across the street or in the other uh, in the house next to you, they all believe the same things. You can take those relationships for granted because you have so many of them. But when you're in exile, and the in a believing, true, deep believing, Christ-like, Christ-centered relationships become a rarity. They mean so much more. And so you can look at all the things that James commands us to do, um, like the way we talk. Um, that that you know the tongue is like a rudder on a ship, right? It's a restless evil that no one can tame, right? It can destroy or it can build. It has tremendous power. Like that idea of just being careful how and what you say has enormous consequences in our relationships. Selfish ambition, envy, obviously, right? When you fight for yourself and you don't fight for others, you're going to have a hard time making friends and having deep, meaningful, Christ-centered relationships. Double-mindedness, having preferential treatment to those with wealth and influence, or mistreating those who don't have wealth and influence, humility, prayer, confession of sin to one another. All of these things are connected like directly to the idea of community and relationships. And so I think it's really fascinating and really uh, telling that what James seems to be most concerned about, or maybe not most, but very, very concerned about when speaking to people who are exiled, who are not um, 
by default rooted in Christian community, what he says to them is be careful how you treat each other. Value your relationships. Kinship matters enormously when you're in exile. Value those precious treasures of relationships that you have. That that feeling of being able to sit in a room and completely be yourself, to be completely open about your faith and what God means to you and what He's saying to you and what He's doing in your life and what you're reading in Scripture and what you're, well, all the things that 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 define who you are. Being in Christ, you can let all that hang out with those people. That is a precious gift that not everyone has, and you and I are not guaranteed it. So when you have it, when you have those moments, we cherish them. And so I think when James ends the book of James, that entire book in chapter 5, he says, verse 19, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is what we're doing for each other. This is what we're called to do for each other as Christians in a kind of spiritual exile. This is what we do. This is our job. This is our priorities. We look around and we lay hold of each other and we say, don't wander off. Like, stay connected, right? Stay plugged in, not just to me and your friends, but stay plugged into Jesus. And this is what we do for each other. And maybe this doesn't matter so much when we are living in a quote-unquote Christian nation. But when we feel ourselves in exile and isolated, this becomes enormously important. Just ask someone who's actually being persecuted, someone who has no neighbors, no church to go to, knows no other Christian in the place they live, and their following Jesus is an isolated, private, and frightening, risky endeavor. And the first time they meet another Christian, what would it mean to them to just meet one other believer? And here we are in the United States, surrounded by churches on every corner. So let's not take that for granted. Let's listen to James as he speaks to us. And he speaks to those scattered believers in his congregation. That we pay attention to our, the way we treat each other, the way we act, the way we speak, who we fight for. All these themes that James talks about that seem so hard and so difficult. Well, they're hard and difficult because they have to do with our relationships with each other. It has to do with preferring someone else over ourselves both in the way we treat them, the way we pray for them, and the way we speak to them. So I want to encourage you today to stop and think for a minute. Um, If you're lonely, if you're isolated, if you're depressed, if you're struggling, um, remember the people in your life that point you to Jesus and cling to those people. Um, Confess your need to one another and God will heal you in that. And these are the things that keep us from wandering off into uh, wandering off the path that Jesus has called us to. Hope that encourages you. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time.